The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! Every single electronic piece of equipment I have doesn't work the way it's supposed to. And it's all different. Especially minutes before the show. Yeah, seconds before the show. We got it up, though. We just made it. Hi, how you guys doing? You need to stop saying that. Right? How you guys doing out there? Good? How about you in the car? You're listening on your, uh, on your iPod. You doing okay? All right, good. Watch out for that, uh, that truck. Does anyone have an iPod anymore? No. You know, I don't know. That's antiquated technology Is it really? Right Am I there? showing yeah. my age? You are. So what do people listen to, like, Thanks. stuff like this on? This would be their phone. Oh, just on their phone, that's it? Everybody no just does iPods? everything on their phone. Oh, all yeah. right. Are there, okay. like, Sirius XM radio or something? Okay. Or, like, do people still use iPads, or is that? Yeah, but, like, yeah, not in the car. Yeah, I guess. It's not really a car. Right. We should have a tech computer. guy on to kind of bring me up to speed and all that. Get dad. I'm still, yeah, that's right. Your, your dad's a, um... A tech, not only is he a tech expert, every time I'm freaking out because something bad's going on with my computer, I call your dad, mm-hmm. and he drops everything and comes over and fixes it for me while I yell at him, no, don't kill it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, hey, I'm Tom Duggan. Thank you for listening to the Paying Attention podcast once again. If you're watching on, uh, on YouTube, thank you for that. We've got a couple people watching on, the, uh, on uh, Facebook. We're kind of doing a little Facebook Live while we're doing this because, I don't know, for some reason, we get more people watching Facebook Live than YouTube. Uh, even though YouTube, you can see the whole thing, and Facebook Live, you just see me. But I don't know. I don't. I don't get it at you all. You can see the whole thing after on Facebook Live, though. Oh, oh, you can. Yeah, because it like saves it onto your page. No, no, no. I mean, like you can see the whole set. Like when the people who are oh, watching us on YouTube can oh. see you while I'm talking. Oh, okay. And the people yeah, yeah. who are watching on Facebook Live only get to see me because it's it's coming out of my computer, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so welcome to the show. We have no Paul today. Paul's feeling under the weather. He's got the flu, and I kind of feel responsible for that because I gave it to him. Thanks. Um, Don't give it to me. But but we have we have uh, we can't we haven't really replaced uh, Meredith because you can't really replace Meredith. No. There's really no, no. way to replace Meredith. And Fred, we have to always include Fred. We don't. No, we don't? No, we don't have to. I like Fred, though. I like him, too. Yeah. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. And they're a package guy. deal, so you can't have Meredith without Fred. So you have to, oh, you have to be Oh, in that case, nice we to, have to right, include yeah, him. See, that's what I'm saying. All right. I'm with you. So, uh, but, but filling in for uh, Meredith Warren who was, and Fred, who were doing our news at the top of the hour up until a month ago when they got a multi-gazillion dollar contract with a congressional candidate and, and uh, had to take some time off, take a hiatus till the end of the election. Pretty nice. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, we have uh, we brought Maddie back, who was with us the first couple of shows, yep. and she actually came in as a guest one day with what's your friend's name? Matt? Nick. Nick. I apologize. I'm just terrible with names. Um, and that was kind of a pretty interesting show. So we were kicking around some ideas earlier in the week, and I said, "Why don't we get Maddie to come in and just do news?" And so I said, "Hey, Maddie, you want to do news?" And she said, "Sure." So that's kind of how that all worked. Mm-hmm. I right? like it. There's a really big backstory there. I'm glad everybody uh, got a chance to hear that. Yeah, you caught everyone up to speed. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, important. Well, and I've been away at school, so I get to come back now. Right, yeah. So how long do we have you back for? That's the real question. You have me back for most of the summer. Really? So from now through yeah, the summer? unless I get an internship, which I'm working no, on. No, no, no. Your internship is right here. Yeah. 
if you could get me credit for this, I could count it as if my If you want credit for it, I will talk to Dave Garafalo. We'll get Mr. Jonathan to type something up for you, and we'll, we'll take care of it. However, whatever it is we have to do. Right, Jonathan? The, the deal is, though, you have to match your lipstick to the set. Okay. Every week. I will. And I'll change the... I love we'll the We'll go lipstick. through different colors. Right. I like it. I, I like love a the challenge. lipstick. I like a challenge. Your mom should be wearing that lipstick so it could be hitting my on her. My mom? Yeah. My mom doesn't like to wear red lipstick. I know. What's up with that? She's... She, I don't know. She thinks it looks weird on All me. I know is for the first time in my life, a mother and daughter walked in and I said to the daughter, wow, your mom looks hot. It's <laughs> awesome. Mom, your mom's a hottie. Right? That never happens. Usually it's the other way around. All right. So do you have some news for us? Well, yes, I actually do. I'm reading it right off the Valley Patriot website. Oh, very good. It's a pretty good good source of information. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, So the first piece of news is a Lawrence man pleads guilty to interstate opioid trafficking conspiracy. That's a great story. So two men pleaded guilty in federal court in Boston to their roles in an opioid trafficking conspiracy involving the distribution of fentanyl, heroin, and oxycodone across Massachusetts and Florida. So that's pretty. He's a Lawrence guy? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Shocking. One is in Lawrence and one is from Sunny Isles Beach, Florida. And they got him on what, what were the charges? Because they're federal charges, right? The charges were, hold on. By the way, can I just tell you, Jonathan, listening to her voice. In oh, the, she's very breathy. Right? Uh, I can't even look at her while she's talking. Our male audience is going <laughs> to jump by like 9,000% after today. <laughs> The, char- the charges were um, of conspiracy to distribute and possess with the intent to distribute heroin and fentanyl, um, and that's a sentence of no greater than 40 years in prison, a lifetime of supervised release, and a fine of $5 million and forfeiture. Translation, he'll be out in a week. Uh, right? I know what it sounded am like. I, am I right? Yeah. Like, translation, you know, I've never, I've never seen anybody actually go to jail for life. Like even like this, yeah. we had this guy Dominic Sinelli. He had three life sentences. A Michael Dukakis judge sentenced him to three life sentences. That's how bad this guy was. And they still gave him parole. He got out and he murdered a police officer. He murdered uh, Jack McGuire and Wuben. So when I hear it, when when they always give you these press releases and they say you know sentences up to life in prison and you know mandatory ten year that never happens. That's just kind of like making you feel good. Like the guy's going away forever. He's not going away forever. Maddie, we were sitting outside. Um, um, we were sitting outside the YMCA about a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. and they um, they raided this guy's car. He was selling drugs out of his car, Yikes. and some one of the neighbors had called in. So we actually kind of got there as the cops were pulling up, and we watched them pull bags and bags and bags of drugs out of this car. And you know, I'm live on Facebook, and I'm just kind of giving my opinion and just chatting and filling time, saying, "Yeah, this guy's going away for a long time." Look at all the drugs they get out of his car. They get the burner phone. They got, a, you know, they get the. They have everything, right? Three days later, I'm driving by, driving by, I'm driving down Lawrence Street by the YMCA, and the guy is getting out of his car in front of the YMCA in the exact same spot. And I'm sitting there going, "Wait, how does that happen? Like, how does that happen?" The same guy. Same guy the getting out of the same car. They didn't co- take him away. They did take him away. They took him away. They towed the car. We were there when it happened. We have it live. The video's still up on my Facebook page. And three days later, I, I, I'm driving down Lawrence Street, and there's that guy getting out of that car in front of the YMCA. I'm, I'm, I'm shaking my head going, how does this happen? And how it happens is our, 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 our police officers put their lives on the line trying to capture these guys. Mm-hmm. And then they capture them. And sometimes, you know, it doesn't go well for the cops, too. Like, sometimes they got to wrestle the guy to the ground. Sometimes somebody pulls a gun on him or something. And then they book them, and they process them, and they go to court the next day, and the judge says... Oh, you must have had a bad childhood. We're going we're gonna to let you out on your own recognizance. Just promise to be good before your court date. And then they're out selling drugs like the same day. 
And so you, you really have to feel for these cops because if you talk to them honestly off the record, they'll tell you, we arrest people. We're arresting them. Most of the people we arrest are the same people that we're always arresting. Mm -hmm. Look, we just arrest them over and over and over and over again. The recidivism rate is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I, I digressed from your story, but um, every time I hear like what the possible sentence would be and it's always up to, they shouldn't, they shouldn't give us the up to. They should give us the starting. Like minimum sentence will be. I think most of those minimum sentences are about five years, yeah. wouldn't they? They're supposed to be, but in practice, it kind of, it kind of doesn't really work that way. Well. You know, they're time off for good behavior, and he got his GED in, 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 in this prison cell, and, and next thing you know, that five-year sentence is like a week and a half, and he's out selling drugs again. Which is why, by the way, the, the drug dealers continue selling drugs. It's profitable. There, there's, really almost, there's really almost no consequence for it. Even if you get caught, you get caught, you're still back out on the street selling drugs the next day. So, like, what's, what's the point? You, know, you got to feel for these cops. Anyways, sorry. Definitely, definitely. And so another news story right out of the Valley Patriot is now, correct me if I'm wrong in saying this, Lisa Yared Ferry? Yes, Lisa Yared Ferry. She's one of those politicians that mm. has to use three names. Ah, okay. Yeah. Like well, with Kathleen Corey Rami. You couldn't say hi, Kathleen. You had to say hi, Kathleen Corey Rami. You know what I'm saying? Like some women, they're addicted to the three names and it just makes it more difficult for the rest of us. But, but sometimes it just sounds better too. You think so? I, I think oh. it never sounds better. Well, I don't know. Some some names do sound better and some names don't. It okay. depends on it. She's cute, but so I'll take her word for it. <laughs> so, uh, Lisa Yarid Ferry is running for Desaglio State Rep seat mm -hmm. for the state rep seat. Um, she's lived in the Prospect, Prospect Street area of Methuen for most of her life, has taken out nomination papers to run for state representative in the 14th Essex District. That's going to be an interesting race. Um, first of all, how do you replace Diana Desaglio? Like it's, it's, almost like, it's like trying to replace Meredith, right? Like, how do you do that? You're like, you, you, you could try and you can give it, a, you know, you can give it your best shot, mm -hmm. but you're never really doing the actual replacing, right? So Diana Zoglu is like the best state rep that we have. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons she's one of the best state reps that we have is that she had no problem calling out leadership when she was being sexually harassed and when leadership s swept it under the rug uh, at the State House in Massachusetts. And the people who sexually harassed her are, still have their jobs. Like, none of them, there was no consequence for any of the things that they did. And she called them out. She called them out from the floor, and she called them out in the front page of the Boston Globe. And I love Democrats that are willing to do that because it shows that they're not just looking to go along with the program to get something, mm -hmm. you know. So she's leaving. She's running for state senate. I don't see anybody beating her. I don't see anybody even running against her at this mm -hmm. point. Um, but to replace her, the district is two neighborhoods in Lawrence, two neighborhoods in Haverhill, mm -hmm. um, most of... East and Central Methuen, mm -hmm. and um, I think four precincts in North Andover. Yep. So Lisa Yard Ferry, she's a former Central District Councilor. She was very uncontroversial. Mm -hmm. um, she also wasn't very proactive either, just to be fair. Um, I like Lisa, but she wasn't very proactive. She wasn't like a Jessica Finicaro where mm -hmm. she was going out looking for things to solve, looking for you know programs to start. Um, but she did, uh, she did an okay job as a counselor. I can tell you that her name never once came across my desk during any kind of scandal investigations. Mm -hmm. It's very rare. That's good. Um, she's running as a Democrat, I assume, right? You probably uh, may not say there because they never put their... Yeah, she currently serves as the vice chair of the Methuen City Democratic Committee. Right, so well, I would assume she is a Democrat. Good for her because too many of these candidates... And if you don't believe me, folks listening at home, go to any congressional candidate in Massachusetts. Go to any of their website. And tell me how easy it is to find what their political party is anywhere, anywhere on their website. Go to Dan Coe, go to any of these people that are running for Nikki Songus's job. 
you look and there's, there's no party affiliation there at all. And the Republicans do the same thing. Um, she is going to have a um, – Lisa Yardferry is going to have a, a, a competitor in this race. Um, it's I think her name is Cynthia Minicucci, if I get that right. She's one of the Minicucci's. So that's going to be a tough race because the Minicucci's have more money than God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Min- Minco, if you see – if you drive around the Merrimack Valley, you see all the signs that say Minco. They're, um, they're business real estate developers. Uh, they're a pretty good name in the real estate field. Um, not such a great name in politics. But um, she does have money, and she is uh, very well networked with the Board of Selectmen and the School Committee, the insiders in North Andover. I think Lisa, believe it or not, if things were different, I would say Minacucci probably walks away with this because she's got tons of money. Mm-hmm. But because she lives in North Andover, I think that the people in Methuen, which is the majority of that district, are going to vote for Lisa Ferry because her address is Methuen. Is Methuen. Right. And so unless... Unless Miss Minacucci can get into Methuen and eat away at some of the base of support that Lisa Yared Ferry is going to have, mm-hmm. I think Lisa's probably the front runner going in. And there's still time, I think. I think there's still, Rich, there's still time for people to file nomination papers, right? Oh, it's over? No. It's over. So that's it. So it's going to be it's going to be Miss Minacucci. I think her name is Cynthia, but if I get her mm-hmm. first name wrong, I apologize. Uh, and Lisa Ferry. What we want, both, we want them to both come on the show, and we want to do a debate with the two of them. That'd be a good debate. Um, it's going to be interesting. I don't know Miss Minacucci at all. I don't think I've ever met I might have, but I don't remember meeting her if I didn't. Mm-hmm. I do know Lisa Ferry, but this, and again, I'm saying this out of love. There's not a lot of substance there, right? So getting them on the show and picking their brain would not only be educational for our listeners, but it would also be educational for me because mm-hmm. it give me a chance to see like what the two of them are made of at the state yep. level. So that'll be fun. Maybe you can come in and ask some questions when we do that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I've conducted a lot of like roundtable debates and stuff on oh, TV at school. Okay. So I've had Excellent. a little bit of experience with that. Excellent. Um, but it does say for uh, Lisa Ferry, it says, if elected, Lisa's legislative priorities will be supporting ongoing work and funding to tackle the substance abuse and opioid epidemic, additional education and special education support, workforce development opportunities for the 14th Essex District, any housing, employment, or training efforts to support veterans, and supporting any efforts to assist our senior citizens and public safety personnel. Other than the last two sentences, does anybody know what any of the rest of that means? Right? Like, if you just read that first sentence that you read, there's nobody other than an insider, there's nobody that knows what that means. Well, she's, she's saying she wants to try to tackle the opioid yeah, epidemic. Yeah, we all, we all want to tackle but, the yeah, opioid epidemic. Yeah, but everybody epidemic. does. That's not really... She, need, um, she needs me to write her press releases. It would be, this is what I'm going to do about the opioid epidemic, right? That's what... Yeah. I, we all want to hear from candidates. This is an exclusive to Lisa. They all do this. We want to hear what you're going to do. So tell us in your press release, here's what I'm going to do about the opioid... I'm going to... I'm going to uh, introduce legislation to increase the number of beds at the Essex County Sheriff Detox. That's what we want to hear. We, I'm going to fight for a $1 million grant for a daybreak homeless shelter in Lawrence. That's what we want to hear. We don't want to hear going to fight for the sustainability of the, uh, of the uh, arterability of the... We don't want to hear any of that mm-hmm. because nobody knows what that means except the insiders. So these press releases are really written to... Impress the other insiders is basically what it they are. Basically right? what it is. It gives an overview, not a detailed view. Yeah, and those of us who are going to think, be thinking about voting for you or not voting for you want to know like what those details are. Mm-hmm. You know, Everyone who runs for office says the same thing. I used to do a comedy routine about this on my radio show way back when, right, Rich? They all come out and they go, I'm for public safety, yay! And I'm for education. Education is very important, Yay! But they haven't really said anything, right? Like, what the hell are you going to do for public mm-hmm. safety? What are you going to do for education? That's what we want to know. 
I'd like someone just one time to say I'm against education and a, right. and just see what happens. Right. You should you should see the hate mail that I got. Remember the show that we had when I said I'm against teachers? Mm-hmm. Do you remember I that do. show? Yes. And it was kind of tongue-in-cheek, but I actually meant it. Like, it, not in the way that you, you hearing it now might think, mm-hmm. but I'm not a big fan of teachers, and I'm not a big fan of teachers' unions. I think they've screwed up the country. Just look at the, look at the little snowflakes that we're graduating from our public schools right now. That's all on the teachers. Don't Present company excluded, of course, you know. And I'm tired of hearing, oh, teachers, they care about the children. They're doing God's work. Oh, they work so hard. No, they don't. They work like four-hour, five-hour days. They get weekends and holidays off. They don't work through the summer. And when they're done with these kids, they're as dumb as a fucking rock. So you tell me how great they are. Like, seriously, I'm sure they're nice people. I'm sure they love puppies. I'm sure they love their family. I'm sure they love their community. But we're just evaluating them as teachers, and as teachers, most of our teachers suck. And the and the evidence is put on your news every day, and look at these people, these kids that have graduated, and look at the things that they're advocating for, and the things that they're saying, and the things they're doing in the street. It's ridiculous. I'm still getting hate mail from that show. It's awesome. People love to hate on those who don't want to just spew the potty line when it comes to teachers. I don't know how we get off. I don't. I don't think teachers are <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Like, there are some good teachers in the world. Like, I've had a lot of good professors. Oh, yeah, teachers. sure. There's, there's always an exception to every rule, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, <coughs> oh, excuse me. I'm at the tail end of what Paul's just getting, so he, nice. may, he may not be here next Stay week either. away from right? me. Right? He might not be here next week either. I told him not to try holding your hand during the show yeah, last week. Yeah, well, it was when he tried to kiss oh, me, wow. I think, was the problem. I think yeah. that was what it was. Wow, did this really happen? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, see, I believe stuff like that. When people I know. That's the beauty of this show. You never know when I'm kidding and when I'm not. I don't. And that's a little scary to me, honestly. Yeah. Do you have another news story? Do we have anything else we can, um, we can get to? Well, you were talking about the shooting in Lawrence uh-huh. earlier. So what, what went on with that? I saw a little bit of the Facebook Live yeah, feed, but so I was studying for finals. So. And, and, the, and your finals were more important than following me. How dare you? Well, I have to keep up my <laughs> GPA. So. She's so adorable. So um, we got a – was this yesterday? No, because I don't sleep. And I can't I remember think it was which like day. Two days ago. Two days ago. Okay. So two days ago, um, we got a call from a woman who said she was at the scene of two guys wrestling with a gun. And I said, what are you calling me for? Get your phone out and start recording. What are you doing? I said, get off the phone with me right now. And you can hear people yelling in the background. So she goes live. I think she went live. I don't think she taped it. I think she just went live um, and got – these two guys wrestling with a gun on Lawrence and Arlington Street. Turns out that the guy that was on top um, had jumped the other guy, stolen the other guy's gun away from him. So when they finally broke their wrestling uh, that they were doing and um, the guy that jumped the other guy got up, he had the other guy's gun. And the guy who had his gun stolen turned around and the video is unbelievable turned around and sucker punched the guy, just cold cocked him in the face while he's holding the gun. So he takes the gun and he shoots him, like right, right there live on video. It's like, well, now everybody says the same thing. Everybody I've talked to that's seen this video, we've had 50,000 people plus have watched this video on my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Everyone says the same thing. You're standing there in front of a guy who just stole your gun. What are you doing cold cocking him in the face knowing he's going to shoot you? And I mean, I don't know what the answer is. The only thing I can think is, you know, your adrenaline is just pumping so much, you're in the middle of it, and you're just not thinking. And he probably was just really freaked out that the guy was going to leave with his gun because anything that that guy does with that gun afterwards, he's partially responsible for it. You have to keep care and control of your gun at all times, even if someone takes it away from you. So uh, that's the only thing I can think. But he lived. Um, the guy who shot him was such a bad shot. If you watch the video, he aims at the guy's chest, 
and he misses, and he gets him in the leg. He gets him in the thigh. And, and so the guy made it to Lawrence General Hospital, and, and, and he's alive. We actually, I think we know him a little bit. His name is Victor, Victor Sosa, I think. Um, I, shouldn't give, I shouldn't give a name if I'm not completely sure. But we know him a little bit anyways, to, at least to say hi to. Um, and so I'm watching this video, and I'm going, hey, I think I know that guy. And, uh, and, then they, and then he shot him, and I was like, holy crap. So now once he shoots him, the guy goes off camera. You don't know what happened. So I'm, I'm calling all my cop friends. I'm calling the girl back that said she was taking the video. And, uh, and I'm like, well, what happened? And, and we finally got the word from, uh, from Lawrence General that he got shot in the leg. And he's okay. He's going he's gonna to live. Lawrence police issued an arrest warrant, I believe, yesterday for him. They know who the guy is. They've identified him. They've issued the arrest warrant, and we're expecting within 24 hours he's going to be picked up. Wow. The so. guy who got shot? No, the guy who did the shooting. Uh, whose gun it was? Yeah, the guy, the, guy, the guy who shot the other guy took off. He fled. Uh, right? Wait, so the so guy who the shot the other guy was the guy who stole the gun. Right. So, okay. so shooter guy jumps another guy. We don't know why. They think it might have been some kind of road rage thing, but I think that's just the story they're telling. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was something else, uh, especially given the neighborhood that they were in. Um, it's a very ganged-up neighborhood. So... Shoot a guy, jumps the other guy, steals his gun from him after they roll around on the ground for a little while, steal, gets the gun away from him, and then when they get up, the guy who had his gun stolen cold cocks the guy holding his gun. Okay. And the guy holding his gun shoots him. Okay. Oh, all he, right. That's he, where I missed it. I thought he cold cocked him, took the gun, and shot no, him. No, no, he cold yeah, cocked the guy, holding the too. gun, and, and, and the guy, he took the punch too. I'll tell you, I don't know if I could take a punch like that. He took the punch and then turned around and just shot the guy with his own gun. And then fled. So Lawrence police issued an arrest warrant yesterday, Yikes. I believe late yesterday afternoon, like around 4.30. Uh, they have identified him from the video. They know who he is, and they're looking for him. So That's hopefully crazy. They're looking for a white infinity um, with JW in the license plate. I can't remember the whole license plate, but I know it was JW inside the license That's plate. That's crazy. So We also had uh, that murder last Friday night. Do you have that one, too? Murder? Yeah, the murder on Friday night. No, I don't All right. have that there. I can help you fill in with that one. Yeah. So we got a call. Um, it wasn't a call. It was a radio call. So I'm driving around listening to the scanner uh, last Friday night. Wait, was it Friday night? Because my days are always off. I'm sorry. It was Tuesday night. Um, That's pretty far off. If you, listen, if you're <laughs> listening to this show, there's one thing you've got to understand. Bef- like before we even get into, excuse me, get into anything, I don't sleep, right? So I sleep maybe three hours a day, and it's usually not at night, right? So for me to remember what day something was, like my Monday was Monday, Tuesday, and half of Wednesday, and then I went to bed, right? So whenever I'm giving you a day, it's, it's usually wrong because if I say it was like Friday, because to me it was Friday, but to the rest of you it was Tuesday. So go by, you know, whenever I give you a time frame, just kind of divide by three a little bit, but I'm usually close, right? So last Tuesday, I'm driving around, we're live. It was a very slow night. It was a very nice night too outside. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone in Lawrence was behaving themselves. It was wonderful driving through the city. I went live on Facebook, and, you know, there was a couple of domestic calls, a couple of accidents, nothing really big going on. Uh, we only had probably maybe about 30 or 40 people following us, uh, which is typical for a quiet night if I'm just going live and driving around chasing police calls. Um, and I'm just heading back to the office, and it's probably around 1130. Mm, around 11, 11.30. And I'm, and I'm just getting ready to hit the bridge to go back into North Andover because that's where my office is. And we got over the, the call over the scanner comes out, shots fired, we've got one victim. 
Broadway, a fi- 550 Broadway by Park Street, which is like the o- total opposite end of North Lawrence from where I am. But also, by the way, where I was exactly five minutes earlier, like right before it happened. I was like right in that neighborhood. So I spun the car around. We ran over there. We didn't actually get the, uh, the obviously the shooting on film because it had already occurred. But we did get some pictures of the victim. He was still on the ground. They were doing CPR on him. Um, his face was a very dark purple. Uh, I've been to a lot of, I've been to a lot of shootings. I've been to a lot of, I've been to car accidents where kids' bodies were mangled. You know, it's weird. Sometimes, sometimes you see stuff and it bothers you a little bit afterwards. Surprisingly, sometimes you get to something and it doesn't bother you at all. And you kind of question yourself, like, why didn't that bother me? Because that was pretty awful. So it bothers you that it didn't bother you. Yeah, yeah. And then I got to this thing, and I, and I saw the guy, and they're doing CPR on him. And they had been doing CPR for a good five minutes before I got there. They did CPR for at least another 10 to 15 minutes while I was there. Well, they were trying to do CPR while they got him onto the stretcher and into the ambulance. And when, when at some point during the time that they were doing the CPR on this guy who got shot, um, he opened his eyes. And he looked at the guys doing CPR on him, like, what the hell's going on? Like, he, didn't, like he was just mm-hmm. trying to figure out what happened. And that image of him waking up and looking at these guys like, what the fuck are you doing? And then going out again has been just seared in my brain since that night. And I don't know why, because like I said, I've seen, I've seen there was a really horrible car accident about four or five years ago up in Haverhill where there was a little kid who died with just like mangled body. And you would think that that would stick with you forever. It really kind of didn't. It bothered me for a little while. But, it, but mm-hmm. then, you know, after a significant amount of time, it was gone. Um, we got pictures, and then maybe that's probably too, because I was shooting, I was shooting um, pictures and video while that was happening. Um, they, they, CP, they did CPR all the way into the ambulance. They did CPR from the, the whole time the ambulance was on his way to Lawrence General. When he got to Lawrence General, they pronounced him dead, and he just never made it. And it was, oh, so he didn't make it. He didn't it. make it. He was so... So he died, and now it's a murder investigation. The person who shot him fled down Manchester Street into the Manchester Park, which is where the beginning of the rail trail is. So if you're a criminal and you want to commit a crime, that's the perfect place to do it. Because even with the dogs, it's going to be really, really difficult for the cops if you've got a 10-minute head start for the cops to be able to find you. Just impossible. You've got the St. Mary's and Bellevue Cemetery right on the other side of Manchester Street. You've got the rail trail right there. Really, really difficult for the cops to be able to find somebody unless you've already got a chopper up in the air. So to this minute, and that was like a week ago Tuesday or last Tuesday. Let me see. What's the date on you this? You said Tuesday, so probably. Yeah, I usually throw a date on here. May 1st, right? May 1st. So what's today? The 10th. Tuesday. So yeah, it was last Tuesday. So, so they still don't have, I don't believe they still don't even have an identity for the guy. They don't know, even know who they're looking for yet. The murderer? Uh, the murderer, yeah. And so he got away. And um, we're just, we're hoping that the police can somehow find a way to identify him. Obviously, the guy died, so he can't tell you who did it. Um, and it was in a very dark parking lot. Now, my understanding is because there's a bank right across the street that some of that incident actually got picked up on the bank video camera. Probably did. But not enough for them to be able to actually see who the guy the was because it's across the street and it's in the dark. So um, some, some, pretty, some pretty harrowing violence in Lawrence the last week or so. But, Maddie, let me tell you, despite those two or three stories that we just talked about, mm-hmm. The city of Lawrence, Massachusetts, has seen a significant decrease in violent crime over the last four months. Wow. It's down about 45%. Really? Um, and I'm not, even, I'm not even sure that the shootings have gone down, but the actual... Uh, I, part of the problem in Lawrence is you've got a lot of people with guns who don't know how to use them, right? So they just... Like the guy who pointed the gun at the guy's chest and hit him in the leg, they're just bad shots, 
right? And you've got at least one gang in Lawrence that, like, they're, they're like the Keystone Cops. Like, they're constantly shooting at each other and never hit anything. So we still have a lot of shots fired calls, not as many. Um, and we still have a lot of shootings, not as many, but we're close. But the actual violent crime, the people being hit, the people being murdered, the assaults, the domestics, 45% reduction. And that's, that's not because of, Jonathan, that's not because of weather. You know, a lot of people who follow me say, yeah, it's because of the weather. Wait till the warm weather gets here. You know, it's been cold lately and stormy up until recently. And, um, I don't understand how the weather would affect crime. Well, I guess if it was oppressively hot and no one had an air conditioner. You know, if you went back to the 40s down south in Florida, yeah. I could see why there'd be crime. You could be irritable. But yeah. up here in the springtime. Yeah. I think it's because we've got the state police gang unit. State Police Fugitive Task Force, the DEA, the ATF. Um, who else do we had? Um, oh, you know, I should have written that story up for the show today uh, because we were, we were out last, I think it was last Tuesday night, I was at a exchange club meeting and someone texted me from Park Street. I don't even know who this guy was. He just follows me on Facebook. He says, I follow you on Facebook. There's guys with automatic weapons and bulletproof vests that say ATF and DEA getting out of Hummers right in front of my house. So I said, well... Get some pictures and video. What are you talking to me for? You're going to give the same speech to everybody. So he did. I jumped in my car. I was at the Irish Cottage in Methuen. It took me a good seven or eight minutes to get there. They were still there when we showed up. We got some great pictures. Mm -hmm. uh, we got a little bit of video. But I can't use any of it because all of these guys are undercover. And they weren't wearing masks. And had they been wearing masks, it would have been easier for me because then I could take all the pictures that I want. Um, but the one thing that we don't want to do as the Valley Patriot newspaper or the Paying Attention podcast or whatever other news function that we serve is first and foremost is, is officer safety. We want to make sure that the guys that are the good guys that are out there trying to get the bad guys don't get jeopardized by what we're doing. And that does happen sometimes by mistake. I mean, there was a, a stakeout one, one afternoon on Brook Street where I pulled up and I didn't realize the car I was pulling up behind was an undercover car because it's an undercover car, right? You don't know. And I pulled up, and at the end of that whole thing that happened, the guy, the undercover officer, pulled me aside, asked me to go offline, and said, you just burned my car. I, got an, I now have to go get another car because you get the plate number when you pulled up. Because I pulled up right behind where he was parked. So sometimes you don't know, and when you don't know, there's nothing you can do about it. But when you do know, um, and this is one of the things that I say a pox in the house of most of the media, they don't do this, you know, keep officer safety in paramount concern because... They're, they're the good guys. They're out doing stuff. And um, this elite unit that was in Lawrence, and they're still in Lawrence, is comprised of DEA, ATF, the FBI, the State Police Fugitive, uh, Violent Fugitive Task Force, and the New Hampshire State Police Violent Fugitive Task Force. Apparently, they're looking for some guns that were stolen out of Concord a few months ago. And um, uh, one of the guys gave me all of the information on it, and I was like, please don't tell me anymore. Because... Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to know that. That's something that someone like me shouldn't know, and I don't want to know that, um, because at some point I'll forget that I got it from you, and I might repeat it in a story or something. So, if there's something you don't want me to know, please don't, please don't tell me. I'd rather you not tell me. But it was very scary when I pulled up to Peking Garden, and there's like ten guys with automatic weapons that just literally seized the corner, like they jumped out of their Hummers and they literally seized the corner like in a movie. And they're, so they're outside Peking Garden, and they're looking for, they're looking for a blue Econoline van, right? This blue Econoline at the time, anyways. And there's still people from Lawrence. They're so used to this. They're walking around these guys trying to go in to get their Peking raviolis. And I'm sitting there going, like, I even made a couple of comments when we were live, Maddie. I'm like, 
look at this effing guy walked around a guy with an M4, another guy with an M4 that says DEA all over the front of his thing, and walks like into the Chinese food place to order his chicken wings. Like, what, what is wrong with these they, people? They just like didn't pay any attention to yeah, the like, guys a, with the big guns yeah, and like, just was like, F this, I want my yeah, Chinese yeah. food. That, that Peking ravioli must be damn good. That's all I can say. That's wild. Peking garden on Lawrence Street in Lawrence. Don't understand it. So listen, I appreciate the guys that were in that task force. Um, they knew that I was there. Someone called them and told them that I was there when I pulled up, and they let me stay there. And so I appreciate them doing that. I will always try to protect officer safety. But uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in Lawrence, and Donald Trump has promised that by June 1st, there is an alphabet soup of federal agencies that are permanently setting up shop in Lawrence. And you're going to start to see some really big stories coming out of Lawrence in the month of June and July. Remember where you heard it first. Jonathan's playing music, so we got to take a yeah, quick break. Yeah, we'll take a quick break. Be right back. On Paying Attention... Fred the Barber on uh, South Broadway in Lawrence. A $15 haircut. You can't beat that. Fred the Barber is sponsored by Ken DeLuca, who is a customer of Fred the Barber, who um, said, came to the office and said, you know, I want to help your show, and I want to help Fred the Barber, so I'm going to buy a sponsorship for Fred the Barber. That's and awesome. At some point in the next couple of days, i got to go get my haircut again. So I shop with the people who do business with us, and my crew shops with the people who do business with us. So my writers, my advertisers, people who support our show, because they support us, they will do business with the people who are doing business with us. Then you get A&M Auto Body. We get our friend Angelo over there, Angelo Memolo over there. And uh, he does uh, great work on your car. So if you've got a ding in your car, somebody hits you, you got a mechanical problem, you bring it to A&M Auto. He's on South Broadway in Lawrence on Inman Street. You drop your car off, you walk down half a block to Fred the Barber, get your hair cut while you're waiting, and you go back to uh, pick up your car, and Angel will take care of you. Um, so what's the address there? 341 Three South Broadway, Lawrence, Massachusetts. Then we get Joe Zingales, Rosanna Zingales Lopez from Century 21. They have been with us from the very first edition of the Valley Patriot. They've been with us from the very first Paying Attention show, which was in 1999, back when he was Remax. He's not Remax anymore. Now he's Century 21, Team Zingales. And they sponsor our bash. They gave a $1,000 scholarship this year. They gave a $2,000 scholarship last year. And that money comes right out of their pocket. That's not like they're collecting money from other people and just using it like I do. They actually took money out of their pocket. So I don't know why these guys love me so much. I really don't. But Twin Lights, let me tell you how, how dedicated I am to helping my sponsors. The guys at Twin Lights Security needed an extra security guard. Um, security guard. I'm not really a guard, but like an extra security guy to do private investigations and to do security for a certain thing in Boston. And they posted it on my page and asked if it was okay if they could use my page to solicit hiring people. And I said, you know what? As busy as I am, these guys sponsor the show. They sponsor the Valley Patriot. They give us $1,000 for the bash. I'm going to go work for these guys. So I called up Pat McLaughlin and I said, look, you help us every single time we need something. Whenever I put out a call, you're there. If you need an extra person in your short... I'll take the night off and I'll come work for you. And so I, ha so I have been. I've been doing some work for them because they're helping us. And so there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to find a way to help them in the meantime. So if you need security or if you're getting divorced and you need a private investigator, if you have a business and you need a private investigator or security, uh, you want to call Twin Lights Security. They're based out of Gloucester, but they're very local. Thank you. 
We have 20 minutes to kill. What? Page five? What's a page five? Oh, she's talking about me. Oh, talking about her. Talking about me. Yeah, why not? Because why not hey, talk so the new about me? Thanks for coming back. I'm Tom Duggan on the uh, Valley on the... <laughs> God, who God, who are me. you and where are we? I have no idea. I need. I don't know. Someone needs to tell me because I'm too confused at this point. Hey, thank you for uh, for listening. This is Tom Duggan on the Paying Attention Podcast. No Paul today. Uh-huh. He's a little sick. He's probably going to be sick next week too because he uh-huh. got he got it from me and I was down for almost two weeks. Yikes. Um, we have uh, the new edition of the Valley Patriot is on the streets. I've been delivering it for the last couple of days, and believe it or not, the, this shows on the on the front page, John, Mr. Jonathan. That's awesome. We, uh, we decided, where did Dave go? Now, I just had this whole thing ready to go so I could impress Dave, and he left. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He does that. <laughs> so uh, we had Kevin Coppinger on two weeks ago talking about the opioid crisis, the addiction crisis, and what the Sheriff's Department is doing to try and tackle that issue. I thought it was a good enough um, interview that we put him on the front page of the paper, and of course, we used that to try and promote this show on the front page of the paper for the first time. So uh, my, ugly, my, my ugly mug is there as much as I don't like to see that on the front page because it's like self-promotion. But at this point, you know, we have legal bills to pay too, so why yeah, not? Yeah, it's got to happen. You know what I mean? So why not? So if you want to um, uh, sponsor this program, it's uh, $50 a week. If you want to come in for at least a couple of months, we can knock that down to $30 a week. We'll promote the crap out of your business. So much so that last week I went and had two root canals done at Dental Bright down on South Broadway in Lawrence with Dr. Azedian. And um, he spends an awful lot of money with us. So when my teeth really, I have really bad teeth because I smoke. And so my teeth are not really all that great. And so I called him up and said, okay, here's what I want to do. I need a lot of work done. Let's start with the most important. Uh, you know, my two front teeth I'm having a hard time with. Let's get those done. Did some x-rays. They came back and said, yeah, you need two root canals. Oh. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, okay, when can we schedule that? She goes, well, we can do it now. I'm like, now? I wasn't ready for that now. I'm, not, I'm never ready for that now. But um, Dash came in. You're going to see what Dash looks like. Oh, my goodness. Dash comes in and she goes, no, you want to do it now, don't you? And I was like, yes, dear. I was like, absolutely. Whatever it is you want me. If Women you, are your kryptonite, it man. It really is. And it's like, it's, like, it's like I'm still four. It really is. It's like I'm still 14 years old. Like a beautiful woman comes over and is like, hey, could you please like walk, take your shoes off and walk on those coals for me? I'm like, okay. It's like, there's nothing I can do. I was like, yeah, okay, fine. If that's what you want me to do, if it's going to make you happy. And they don't have to sleep with me either. They just have to like want to sleep with me. They just have to like pretend they want to sleep with me and I'm good. I think we could go as far as to say you just have to be able to imagine. Right. Yeah. They want to sleep with right, you, and yeah. you're good. Right, yeah. Then yeah. you're good. If they're being nice to me, I'll just do whatever they want. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. There was this old Batman. I used to watch Batman when I was a kid, and I'm going to age myself now with Adam West. And I, can't, and I can't remember the character's name, but there was a character, and it wasn't Catwoman. It was some other character, the Siren, I think, or something like that. And she had this spray that would, make them, that would hypnotize Batman. Poison Ivy. Was that the name That's Poison Ivy? Yep. She would spray, and he was just like totally subservient, like whatever she wanted. She's like, okay, go jump off that building. Yes, I love you. Thank you. I'll do anything you want. That's me. Every time I meet, every time I see a beautiful woman, I can't help it. Just kind You're of the like, human version of Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> that has been said before. That has been said before. Oh, my goodness. Right? So, anyways. So, we have, uh, I got a couple of things I want to talk about on the national scale, some, some political stuff. Mm-hmm. But Maddie, who's here today, um, is going to be playing at the Buzz Bash. And I didn't know what a Buzz Bash. Buzz off. Buzz off. Buzz Bash off. Yeah. Buzz Bash off? It, it, no. <laughs> no, it's the Buzz Off Bash at Joel Buzz Off Stadium. Bash. I was close. 
I was close. Yeah, so you tell were, us you what were it close. Is. So basically, it's the buzz off for kids with cancer at Gillette Stadium, and I'm playing the post buzz bash. Basically, which is like the after party for it. When you say playing, people at home are imagining um, like I'm you're a an singer. Okay. No, I'm a singer. So I'm a singer-songwriter. So it's going to be me and my guitar for about half an hour, 45 minutes at the post-buzz bash. It's going to be really great. It's it's a great cause. It's at Gillette Stadium. Um, are you shaving your head for this? No, I am not, but my father is. Oh, nice. So I, I think she should shave her head. That's what I think. I should shave my head. Full yeah. Sinead O'Connor. Right. Yeah. I don't think I'm just don't rip like, any pictures of any religious right, leaders right. and you'll be okay. Oh. Yeah. I I, 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 I have to question how committed you are if you're not going to shave your head. I am very committed. I've actually been raising money um, for the One Mission Foundation, which yeah. does the buzz off, and so I've been taking all my tips from my shows, and I've raised about seven or eight hundred dollars so far. So that's that's what I'm going to donate. Um, for my part. So now I understand Gronk is going to be there. I don't know what a Gronk is, but I understand Gronk, he's going to be there. Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski of the New England Patriots. Oh, he's like a football player. Yeah, okay. yeah he's All like right. a really famous football player. All right. And I'm very excited. I'm going to like fangirl. It's going to be a thing. Fair enough. So, so here's what we want you to do because we, we have a great story on page five in the Valley Patriot oh, yeah, about this it. whole edition, about this whole situation. So if... In, if in return you could bring a Valley Patriot with you mm-hmm. and see if you can get Gronk holding the Valley Patriot, that would be something. Because I have no idea what a Gronk is, but I'm pretty you sure. You don't know what Gronk You I live really, in New England. I don't follow sports. You live in New England. I'm like Sean. I don't follow sports. I'm into other stuff. Right? I'm into news. I'm into women. I'm into, women. I'm into John <laughs> Bernstein's wife who looks amazing in the audience. We have a studio audience today. Thank, thank, and Rich is here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm into like other stuff. I'm into like news and... You know what I mean? Like, I'm into but my job, but I don't, I don't really fall. No, it really isn't. We it could is. do, let's do a whole show on that. There is nothing newsy about sports. Yes, there is. Never. People get hyped about it. There's a lot of news shows that focus on There's sports, like sports. There's an entertainment value to sports, yeah. but I'm with Tom. Yeah, it's definitely right. there's no news. Yeah, there's no such thing as as. Well, there's like there's news. scandals like the NFL has scandals and the whole CTE crisis a few years back. CTE. And, yeah, um, chronic traumatic. Encephalopathy, I think. Hold on. She, she doesn't even know, right? How am I supposed to figure no, that it out? No, it is. Couldn't chronic spell yeah, it to chron- Google. Chronic to traumatic Google. encephalopathy. It's like, it's basically when you get too many concussions and your brain kind of deteriorates and it's like early onset Alzheimer's. I and see. A lot of people in the NFL were getting it, so they were testing a lot of um, deceased NFL players' brains. Gotcha. I Actually, gotcha. they did that at BU. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, in the BU Med Center. I could never figure out why sports was news, Jonathan. I could never figure it out. There's, there's a whole channel devoted to sports. If you want to watch sports and you want to know what the scores are and you want to know what football players beating his wife up or whatever the stupid scandals are that they talk about in sports, it's like a whole channel for it. In fact, there's like five channels, right? You get ESPN, oh, at the very least, yeah. Right? So why do I need – when I'm watching the news, why do I need weather? There's a weather channel. Why do I need sports? There's a sports channel. A news channel should be just news. Just news. We've talked about this before, yeah. right? It should just be friggin' news. Just give us, tell us what's going on around the rest of but the country. But sometimes you need a, like a little break from the news to just kind of like. Yeah, they're called commercials. Exactly. Uh, I so think there's one obvious obse- uh, exception, and that is if you could have Al Caprillion because. That's true. Yes. Yeah. He is the man. Yes. And we are working, we're working on trying to get Al back onto the show. Al used to be a staple on this program, but we got to get a sponsor because he's willing to do it for free. He really is. He actually, he called in that day and he called yeah. me after and said, Tom, you don't need a sponsor. I'll just do it every week if you want for free. Mm-hmm. I cannot ask a guy who's that fucking talented, who's that good at what he does, who's that famous, who will bring in that many viewers for us. I can't ask him to do it for free. Like, I couldn't sleep at night if, if, if we did that. So I'm looking for a sponsor. Why don't you get him food every week? 
Um, yeah, maybe Get we could find lunch. like a food place that would donate food for him. No, he's calling in. He's going to Skype in for us. So he would, yeah. So he would Skype in and do, like do like a little weather discussion. We yeah. could kind of talk about weather and stuff. That's and the best part about about Al is that like he has political opinions, mm-hmm. but you will never know what they are. And so he used to come on to my show and give the weather, and then I'd say, "Hey, Al, we were just talking about abortion. What do you think about that?" And he, you you got to see how he gets so flustered, like he doesn't want to talk about any of that stuff. He's like, no, 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 Tom, no, I'm yeah. I'm going to stay out of that. Then we go off, and he tells me what he really thinks. But um, but you'll never know what Al thinks about politics because he, he wants to be known as the weather guy and not mm-hmm. a guy that's got an opinion about anything. So anyways, we're going to try and get Al back if someone wants to sponsor Al Caprillion. Mm-hmm. Um, $30 to $50 a month, depending on how long you want to sponsor it for. We'd love to have Al back, but um, I just I can't ask somebody like that to, to come in and do it for free. I just can't. You know, There's other people that have, that have offered to do stuff for free. I'll take it. But Al's like a superstar, and it just wouldn't seem right. You know? Yep. So anyways... That's it. Thanks for coming, kids. We That's gonna, it. Do we have anything else? I don't know. Usually you can just talk. Well, we had, we had a home invasion. One of the reasons we were five minutes late on the program today, there's a home invasion in Lawrence. They uh, called in the SWAT team, although I, I think if it wasn't the official SWAT team. It was a bunch of guys that were just kind of doing SWAT stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they also called in the fire department. They called in mutual aid. It's not often that cops call for mutual aid. Usually it's the fire department. Um, and just as we were going What's on, mutual aid? it means for- they call for, um, police officers from other communities to come in and help. Oh, okay. So like if you have a three alarm fire in Lawrence, if you have one alarm fire, the Lawrence the fire department shows up mm-hmm. when it goes to second alarm, Methuen will come in. Oh, okay. And then if it goes so to third, third alarm, Middleton will come in. Okay. And so as they, as they go, they'll, they'll call people in because sometimes mm-hmm. there's a fire going on in a city. Um, and you've got a whole bunch of people there from other communities. And then another fire breaks out somewhere else in the city, but nobody to cover it. So when a fire breaks out in, in, in a city like mm-hmm. Lawrence, they not only have mutual aid to come in to help with the fire, but they also have people from other communities, like the end of a fire department will come in and man the station mm-hmm. in case another fire breaks out while oh, they're there. Oh, okay. So totally it's very that. rare that police will call for mutual aid mm-hmm. and ask for like Andover or Methuen to come in and help them with something, mm-hmm. unless there's like a chase through that town. Otherwise, you almost never see it. And mm-hmm. um, there was a guy barricaded in. He was, he was barricaded in, right, Rich? And I don't think they got him. Did, did they get them? We don't know the resolution to that. Yikes. We, we just don't know. But, you know, I was saying prayers. All, first of all, can the criminals please just realize that my show is on Thursdays at 2? Because every single week they're doing something at 2 o'clock on Thursdays. It's very inconvenient for me. Yeah, I've been feeling the desk vibrating with your phone. Right? And my phone's been bo- literally been bouncing since the second we went on the air. Mm-hmm. Um, they all wait until you're on the show so you can't come get them. Right, yeah. And even like the guys in the State Police Fugitive Task Force, they, they start their day... They start their week on Thursday at 2. So I called one of my friends that works in the task force, and I'm like, you know, you do realize that's when my show starts, right? And he's like, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why they picked it. Like, and I was laughing, but he, I don't think, was kidding. Because they don't, they don't want somebody out there live getting them doing what they're doing while mm-hmm. they're undercover. So anyways, uh, we, had, we had that going on in Lawrence today. I think that everything has been resolved. I don't think anybody was hurt. Um, no update at all, Rich, on as far as uh, the, the victims. The victims are all okay. All right. Well, Thanks. we'll get it up on uh, on my Facebook page uh, at some point. We also got word as we were going online, mm-hmm. as we were as we were starting the show today, uh, we got word that uh, Iran has bombed Israel, mm-hmm. and Israel has retaliated against Iran. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even with a ten point spread, I'm taking Israel in that bet. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, you just don't screw with the Jews. You just don't. You don't screw with Israel because they don't fool. They're not Barack Obama. 
They're not going to say, oh, pretty please, what if we give you a plain load of cash? Will you please be nice to us? It's, it's not going to happen that way. Um, we've got a, I've been saying it on this program since this program was on CAP. We are on the verge of another Holocaust, and nobody sees it coming. Nobody sees it coming because nobody wants to see it coming. Mm -hmm. You have got rampant anti-Semitism that is not just rising but controlling a lot of Western Europe. You have a lot of anti-Semitism in this country, especially among politicians in the Democrat Party. And you've, you're starting to see the rise of popular Islam in countries that, is, that have never had it. And I, I just, you know, the, with, all of this, with all of this political stuff going on in the country where it's okay to attack white people but not black people, that uh, racism against whites is okay, you know, all of this is all kind of coming together. And at some point in the next few years, hopefully long after I'm dead, but maybe not, um, you, you're going to start, I think you're going to see another Holocaust. I think you're going to see it. Really? Because we haven't learned our lesson from World War II. We haven't learned it. You know, the, the, the lesson that today's generation has learned about World War II is how to appease terrorists. You know? I mean, Barack Obama sent a plane load of cash over to, the, over, over to Iran to the terrorists. What do you think they did with that? They hired more terrorists. They bought more bombs. They made more bombs. They made more guns. I mean, it makes no sense. But there are people who really believe, whether it's crime at the local level or it's terrorism at the national level, that if you're just nicer to people who hate you, then they won't hate you so much. I'm not sure where that, where that sissy attitude comes from, where that appeasement attitude comes from, but look at where it's getting us. Look at what's happening in the world. I mean, uh, we, have, we have all these terrorists that are coming across our border while the Democrat Party is saying, no, let's keep open borders. And they don't really seem to care that this terrorist is coming here. In fact, not only do they not seem to care, they seem to be okay with it because then they say stupid dishonest things like, oh, it's not happening. Oh, it's just not happening. Oh, it's, it's all, it's a Republican myth. It's all, it's all Republican politics. It's a conspiracy. Just like uh, voter fraud doesn't exist, right? It's just, right. It's, it's a conspiracy. And so they explain away the same way in what we are living right now in the pre-World War II era. The culture that we have in this country, the culture that we have in this world, nation, uh, uh, um, globally, is almost the same exact attitudes and culture that permeated the globe prior to the Holocaust, prior to World War II, where it was okay to be racist against one race, it was okay to be uh, treating some races differently than others based on some historical bullshit. And so what we hear is, oh, 400 years of oppression, black people were slaves, white people were the enslavers, white people have privilege. How many times do you hear this stupid phrase, white privilege? All of that is designed so that the new kids coming up will think that it's okay to be racist against a certain group because of something that happened, I don't know, like long before I was alive. Right. I, I never owned any slaves. My kids never owned any slaves. I have zero white privilege. Come hang out in my office someday, and you'll see exactly how much white privilege I have. I've got nothing. Um, and yet these, these concepts are taught to kid in college, kids in colleges. They're taught to kids in our education system, public education system. And it's really just designed for one thing, to, to set a culture up so that it's okay to be racist against white people. Just like you had that same culture... 100 years ago, 50 years ago, that it was really kind of okay to be racist against blacks and Latinos. You know, they were, they were, they were savages. They had brown skin. They came from other places. Uh, they were violent. They came from violent cultures. So it was okay to treat them differently. And now that has flipped. Now they've, uh, we've gone from wanting what Martin Luther King wanted, which was to judge people as an individual, you know, the content of your character as an individual, 
to treating people based on the group that they're in. I can't tell you how many people come on my Facebook page and say, oh, yeah, well, that's easy for you to say you're white. Well, what does that have to do with anything? I'm an individual. I'm not a white individual. I'm an individual. And when I have black people come on my page and they, and they say something that's brilliant, I go, yeah, that's brilliant. I don't go, yeah, that's, that's brilliant for a black guy. Yeah, pretty good for a black yeah, guy. Yeah, pretty good for it's a black guy. I never say that never. because the thought never crosses my head. But it starts to when people come on my page and start pointing out my whiteness. And then all of a sudden you become more conscious of your race. And I really think all of this also creates more white racists. I think there's a lot of white people out there that don't have racist beliefs but they're constantly being attacked for their whiteness. They're constantly being made aware of their whiteness. And in doing so, they also become aware of what? Other people's blackness or Latino-ness or whatever else that they have. And now suddenly they're starting to think, well, wait a minute. Why is it okay for a black guy to do that, but not okay for me? Why is it okay for a Latino to do that, but not okay for me? I thought we were supposed to be treated individually. And that's, I thought where we were headed when Martin Luther King came along. It's amazing that all of these minorities say that Martin Luther King is such a hero and then do the exact opposite of everything that he taught. I mean, what, what a great way to honor Martin Luther King with your lips, but not with your deeds. And so, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know how we get down this rabbit hole, but... I'm not sure either, but you are a magician when it comes to filling time, man. I, I guess I am. <laughs> oh, you are. What, what, did we go right to the post? No, you're okay still. We're pretty, Almost. Pretty, pretty like close. Two minutes. Few minutes. Hey, we started off with uh, with Israel and Iran. Listen, if it comes out to Israel and Iran, Iran's going to be a parking lot before this is over. Iran, Iran is going to be a nuclear parking lot, and no one's going to want to park their car there because they're not going to be able to. Because it's going to be glowing for the next 500 years. Um, they're going to turn the sand into glass. Maybe they can, you know. What exactly? And and forgive my ignorance, but what exactly did it mean that Donald Trump pulled out of the Iranian nuclear deal? Well, to answer that, we would have to know what the Iranian nuclear deal is, and even the people on CNN don't know. Like, they pretend that they know, but they really don't know. We don't know what's in this deal. I've never read the deal. I don't, think it's even, I don't even know if it's even public, the, the Iranian nuclear deal. What I do know is what's been said anyway. I, don't, I shouldn't say I know it, but what's been said is that um, Iran has agreed not to build nuclear weapons, but they've got some nuclear stuff they're going to use it for like energy and civilian uses. We're going to allow that. Now, this is a country that chants death to America, death to the Jews. There was no Holocaust, but yet, on the same time, we're going to create another one, right? Those are the rallies that they have. There was no sure. The Holocaust was a lie, but now we're going to create one. And these are the people that we're going to trust to have nuclear material to not make a nuclear bomb because, what, they said so? Because they, they signed an agreement? Because, you know, Hitler signed an agreement too, right? I, think, I remember Hitler signing an agreement with Russia. How'd that work out? You know what I mean? Like... Just because someone says something, I got this guy, Steve Bellevue, he's not a bad guy, he comes on my page, but he's a liberal, and he's always, he's always saying, well, we know for a fact that, um, on one discussion this week, um, he was saying how, uh, we know for a fact that Podesta's emails were hacked by, uh, by the Russians because this security company did this, uh, did this big investigation and found out that that's what happened. I'm like, okay, well, did you see the report? Well, no, but that's what they said. Well, how is people saying stuff evidence? There's not one bit of evidence that Donald Trump colluded with the Russians, yet you watch CNN every day and they say, oh, well, it's, it's, it, the, the proof is there. Well, where's the proof? Can, have you showed it to us? Has anyone showed it to you? I've seen no proof. We've seen nothing. We've seen no evidence that Trump colluded with the Russians. We've seen no evidence that the Iranians are going to keep any kind of deal with us. But liberals and Democrats, and forgive me for saying this because I know it's an overgeneralization, but especially those in power, they're so stupid that they really think that you can take bad people at their word. Well, he gave us his word, right? 
I mean, look at all the welfare fraud that we had in Massachusetts that Suzanne Bump just exposed over the last six months. Everything was on the honor system. People were coming in and signing up for welfare at the Lawrence Welfare Office, and the people who work in the welfare office weren't even asking for an ID or asking for a W, uh, asking for 1099. So someone could come in, they could be making $100,000 a year and signing up for welfare, but we were taking them at their word because, you know, they wouldn't lie, would they? Right? Iran wouldn't lie, would they? No. Mexico, they would never lie to us, right? Never. never. So I don't understand the whole liberal just taking everybody at their word, everything's on the honor system thing. I don't get it at all. So they're either the dumbest people on the face of the earth or they're just traitors and they know exactly what they're doing. It's got to be one or the other. I don't know. Anyways, I don't know. did we fill ourselves out? Are we yes. done? We're are pretty we, are good. We done? We're, We're pretty good. Right over three pretty good at this. So uh, promote your thing again, uh, Maddie. We want to on your yeah, way out. Yeah, June 3rd, um, the buzz off at Gillette Stadium. It's for One Mission's Foundation for Kids with Cancer. So come on down. It's going to be a great time. What time? I go on at 1030, 10.30, but it starts at 10. I'm going to try so I'm going to try to get there. You I don't should. Know I can, I'm going to try to get there. You should. It's going to be a great day, great cause. A lot of money raised for kids with cancer. Great. And the Valley Patriot newspaper is on the street. Lawrence, Bethune, end of a north end of a Lowell, Haverhill, Grove, and Boxford. We're from Newburyport all the way down to Tingsboro. Um, and you can also download it online. We've got a great flip page viewer. You don't even have to download it if you want. You can just kind of flip through the pages online. Thank you, all of our sponsors, Twin Light Security, Joe Zing <coughs> excuse me, Joe Zingales, uh, Rosanna Zingales-Lopez from Team Zingales. Um, and all of the other sponsors that we have. We got Twin Light Security. Barber, Twin we Light got Security. Angelo. Angelo, the best. So Melvin Taylor says, "Go home." So go home already. Go home already. Go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.